word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the seventh word or phrase, the seventh of the last words or phrases that Jesus spoke on the cross. Let's remember the first six. The first word was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Then, today you will be with me in paradise. Woman, this is your son. This is your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I am thirsty. It is finished. And now the seventh word. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. These words actually come from Psalm 31, verse 5. This is the second time that we have heard Jesus quote a psalm while he is on the cross. What comes out of Jesus' mouth is it's really a prayer because those words from Psalm 31 are a prayer. The psalms are a book of prayer. Obviously, Jesus learned the psalms. They were a part of him. They flowed out of him even as he was dying. If you go back and read Psalm 31, you find it to be a psalm of trust. It is a psalm of trust in the midst of distress. And we are always thinking a little more about trust when we're in times of distress, aren't we? Another part of Psalm 31 prays this. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he takes his final breath as he does that. Putting ourselves in the hands of the Father is a way to trust him. When we say to anyone, I'm in your hands, we're saying I'm trusting myself to you. The hands of God are certain and sure. The hands of God created the universe. They are the hands that brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. These are the hands that hold and guide us. We want the hands of God to be our last stop. I don't know what shape I'll be in when I die, but I hope these will be my dying words. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The one difference between Jesus' words in Psalm 31.5 is that Jesus adds Father. He addresses the Father. He is clinging to the Father throughout his dying. Even when he experienced abandonment, He pointed his eyes to the Father and he cried, My God, my God. And he doesn't whisper these words, but Luke tells us he said them with a loud voice. Was it out of a sense of relief? Longing? Was it like that final long groan of a woman in labor who after much suffering finally brings forth her child in relief and joy? Jesus' final words are a prayer of trust and committing himself into the Father's care. There's no anger. There's no doubt. There's no thrashing about in the throes of death. Rather, there's serenity. There's acceptance. There's trust. Really, this last act of our Lord in commending himself to the Father was what he'd been doing his whole life. He was giving himself to and trusting the Father every day of his life. And that's the way all the followers of Jesus are to live our lives. Every day, every day our prayer should be, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I'm going off to work. Into your hands I commit my spirit. I'm going to school. 
into your hands. I commit my spirit. I am in this situation or in this circumstance. Uh, I'm parenting these children into your hands. I commit my spirit. I'm driving. I'm traveling. I'm flying um, before going to sleep at night into your hands. As a matter of fact, in the Benedictine tradition of prayer, this phrase is part of the night prayer to be prayed before we put our heads down each night. You know, the circumstances didn't change for Jesus on that cross. He wasn't miraculously saved. But through all the struggle, the relationship between the Father and the Son endured. Isn't that the way it is with our lives? In all that we experience, all the good, all the bad, a relationship is going on. It's being maintained. It is a relationship between us and our Heavenly Father. And truth be told, He does a much better job of keeping the connection that we do. I mean, who knows where the relationship would have gone if it had been left solely to us. Fortunately, this relationship is solidified by the love and grace of God, which never changes. But just as the circumstances didn't change for Jesus, so many times the circumstances in our lives don't change, do they? What we find ourselves doing, though, is trusting God amidst the storm, amidst the trials, amidst the pain. And all along the way, we can say, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. As the late Dutch Catholic priest and writer Henry Nouwen said, we have to let God love us the way he wants. We have to let God love us the way he wants. We have to trust his purposes when it's pleasant, when it's hard. And that's not easy because sometimes our Father's love looks awfully strange to us. I recently heard a story of a little girl named Mandy. Mandy was born with a disease that made her brain too small. She would never talk. She would never walk. She would never sit up. She would never be able even to use her hands. She had frequent seizures. At a year and a half, she lost her ability to swallow. Food and medications had to be uh, given to her through a tube that was surgically implanted into her stomach. Her parents never knew if she could see or if she could hear. Her reactions to stimulation were minimal. Mandy's parents struggled with the seeming unfairness of this. They experienced anger. They questioned. But as they raised Mandy, their question changed from, why is this happening to us? To, where is God in this? He seemed absent, but was he really? They realized that over the first months of their hospital and the doctor's visits that they encountered several people in the medical community who identified themselves as Christians and said, we will pray for you through this. Their church deeply loved Mandy. They held her. They passed her around on Sundays. They surrounded this family with tremendous care and love. And slowly the family began to see where God was. When people, Christians and non-Christians, encountered Mandy, they would always ask about her. Uh, People asked about her condition, uh, how it happened, what Mandy's future prognosis was, how their parents were getting through this. The father said this, we had no easy answers. But for all the questions, the only answers that came close to making any sense at all were spiritual. 
God's unexplainable but eternal purposes, a new understanding of what's truly significant, the hope of the resurrection, and the strength that comes from God's people. And God began to show himself amidst the hectic and very difficult circumstances in life that they were now living. On yet another hospitalization, a nurse spoke of how she had been deeply sensing the need to get God back into her life and how caring for Mandy was convicting her to do that. A family at church had a son who refused to pray out loud, but after he met Mandy, he prayed his first prayer on his own out loud for her and kept doing it. A hospital volunteer told of her divorce, remarriage, feeling far from God. Now seeing Mandy, she had this desire to renew her relationship with God. Others, after encountering Mandy, spoke of longing to return to God after knowing pain and hurt in their lives. People who had not previously been interested in faith were suddenly thinking about and interested in spiritual things. Just shy of her second birthday, Mandy died, and she went into her father's hands. Because of a girl who was born seriously disabled, who couldn't speak, couldn't respond, couldn't do much of anything, people were being put back together. Reconnecting with God, moving beyond hurt and disappointment to hope and strength. Her parents had simply committed themselves and their daughter into the hands of their father, not always understanding, but trusting. God was redeeming lives because of it. Reflecting on his daughter's life, the father said that he learned that God's ultimate purpose in life is redemption. And that God uses some curious means to accomplish his purposes, like a cross, like a cross. Through pain and brokenness, God's up to something. Sometimes we just have to trust him. Let him love us the way that he wants, as strange as that love can seem. We commit ourselves into his hands. The Father takes some of the worst that's just out to us and he brings redemption into our lives. That's the way of Jesus. God did not bring us redemption and salvation through what was easy or painless, but through the cross of his only son. What looked like foolishness to the world became the wisdom of God. St. Ignatius said this, there are very few people who realize what God would make of them if they abandoned themselves into his hands and let themselves be formed by his grace. What's your disappointment? What's your frustration? What's your hurt? Sometimes God doesn't take us off a cross. Sometimes what he does is he gives us the grace and the love to endure and even conquer. And so into his large, loving Strong hands, we commit our spirit in this life and in the next.